Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Concessions and Confessions. I'm Steven. I'm Lucas. And, you know, what happened last weekend, Lucas? Uh, I went uh, bungee jumping, I guess. Ah. Yeah, you know. nothing else happened. Nothing you know, cool? TV was boring, the movie theater was even worse. Oh okay. wait, there was an interesting Tessa Thompson movie that came out called, like, Glasswoods or something. Did you see it? No, but I heard it's pretty good. Ah, you know. Because well, yeah. I heard that Endgame came out. What's, you know, what's that? You know, the Avengers movie. Also heard there was an episode of Game of Thrones that was supposed to be the be-all, end-all Game of Thrones episode. Oh, Winter finally came. Oh. And it was bad. Strong statement, I want to say. Yeah, it was... Before we, you know, Endgame, you know, broke box Records. office week, single season, single... Every season. It brought it broke Thursday night opening day record for sixty million dollars. Quickest to make a billion worldwide. Is that is that for a movie or any property ever? Because uh, uh, GTA Five did it in three days, and I remember that was a record for anything. Okay. Uh, but maybe this beat it. Maybe. Um, like most, it beat basically every other record before it. Except for highest grossing of all time, in the sense that it's still got to, oh, yeah. you know, beat. That's, that's the one record it has Yeah, left, right? that's the one record it okay. still has to be. I mean, I'm pretty sure Game of Thrones also has, I don't know whether to call them records or accomplishments, but it's just like, it's probably one of the most expensive TV episodes ever. Yeah. Uh, the, the battle itself, I heard it's one of the longest battles ever put on screen. It's one of the longest, but I would not say one of the best. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty mediocre. Not it's not mediocre. It's just like um, aside, everyone's gonna say it's dark. I'm just gonna say that they didn't know what they were doing. Like oh, the, wow. the the pacing of Tough it is statement. very bad. Um, they even talk about it at the like the end of the episode um, behind the scenes. Yeah, like whenever the creators, showrunners are talking, they're like, we didn't want it to feel um, staged. Like, no, they like so. Basically, what they were saying was like battling, like where the mm-hmm. battle. They said like too much battle gets tiring or boring for the audience, which they're correct. But the problem with that is that that's whenever you switch from large scale battles to personal people fighting, then you jump around to where they are. But the way that they do this show or this episode is so bad, like where certain people are for certain periods of time, it's complete just BS. Like it doesn't. I don't know. It was really upsetting. Um, but yeah, I think it's the most expensive episode ever. You know, of, uh, most expensive TV episode of all time, I think. Okay. I don't if, know what if it not did. just Game of Thrones, which that in and yeah. of itself says a lot. If they had the record before with, I forget what episode. It was last season though. But they keep breaking their own record for most expensive. Huh. Um, Interesting. Uh, but yeah, also today the Sonic the Hedgehog the movie trailer dropped. Yep. Shared that on starring the, Jim Carrey. I didn't know that. As Jim Carrey's Eggman. Yeah, it's interesting, he, but I'm still not gonna watch it because that CG character looks kind of gross. He looks absolutely terrible. <laughs> I don't know what they were because you know the problem with animation is like they they take so much time on it yeah. before they start actually animating it. Mm-hmm. So that means that that someone had to model that and say like yes no no somebody had to draw that yeah somebody had to okay that somebody had to make it three D then they had to like see it moving 
but yeah, the, the, the way Sonic looks had to go through at least one person multiple times. And that one person had to be like, yeah, it looks like Sonic. Yeah, yeah I funny. like that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, more interesting news, or not even more interesting, but like more exciting. something more, I'm more excited about yeah. the, the, the Spider-Verse. Uh, not only is it getting more films, I think it's going to be a series. Like it's going to be its own not even cinematic, but its own yeah. entertainment universe that I'm pretty excited. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. No, wait, is it the other way around? No, no, you're right. Okay. They're all going to be behind it all. So that's yeah. exciting and something to look forward to. Although, despite them being, they get a lot of credit, but I want to say like the directors of Spider-Verse, like they deserve so much yeah. credit. And so I wish they came in as producers, even if they don't have time to direct any of the series or like yeah. showrunner even. But like just, I think their input is infinitely valuable. And oh, something yeah. the, 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 the universe is going to need in order to capture that spirit. You know what's crazy? I heard they got a nine-figure contract, like a $100 million contract. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Also. It's crazy. Good for them. Yeah, honestly. I mean, they're splitting. And I, I mean, I hope it's amazing. Otherwise, they're just grabbing a bunch of money and turning out like not quality jobs. But I mean, yeah. that's really unlikely. I don't know. They haven't. I don't think they've really done anything that's ever been uh, bad. You you don't like Twenty One or Twenty Two Jump Street. I, I mean, do. I'm okay with them, but not the biggest fan. Not the biggest fan of the Lego movies. Really? Like, honestly, okay. the first thing that I've seen by them that blew my mind was Spider Verse. Everything else, I'm okay. just like, meh. Okay. I mean, you haven't seen Last Man on Earth, but Last Man on Earth. No, I haven't seen that. So we both watched Beyonce's new documentary slash concert show thing on Netflix, Homecoming, right? We did. It was the Coachella concert. Last year, 2018. Before we get into, I guess, spoiler stuff, you know. What do you mean spoilers? I mean, it's already. No, I know. I don't know. Like, before we talk specifics, one, did you like it? Yes, but I feel like me not being Beyonce's biggest fan may be like a barrier. Like I could have enjoyed it way more. Uh, and I was not, I mean, the show itself was impressive, but it's not what I'm looking for in a live show, per se. Mm. Uh, I'm kind of picky when it comes to that. So it's like not the type of show that I'm interested in, even though it's impressive and lots of spectacle is yeah. going on. But uh, I'm more of a intimate like getting intimate with the artist as a audience member yeah like with beyonce it's kind of like a a coach yelling at the team kind of and the team responding i don't know like it was like yeah, kind of yeah. weird like i maybe it's because i'm not the biggest beyonce fan but i couldn't personally connect when she when i saw her on stage but i mean i thought it was really impressive that uh the live band was basically just a giant marching band that wasn't marching. I mean, yeah. they were in, on a pyramid. Uh, they even had strings. Like they had strings, brass, she's called them drums, an orchestra. guitars. Yeah, it was like, basically, she said she wanted to have her own orchestra. And she basically does. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty crazy. Like, there, I think she said there was over 100 people on stage. Like, Probably. At, uh, including the, the dancers. School. Yeah, yeah it was, it's a lot well, of moving parts. Yeah. Honestly, do you feel like... Okay, I guess what were your opinions before I start going into specifics? Okay, I liked it. I liked the show. I mean, I was trying to think about it if I was there 
I probably would have been losing my mind. Like, I, I'm not a big Beyonce fan either, but, like, I thought that was a pretty pretty good concert. Like, um, mm-hmm. there's just a lot going on. You, you could see the, the level of effort was, that was put into making that was pretty, like, you know, the, there's one thing that this documentary does that kind of lets you know, and I didn't realize that she was just, like, rehearsing for that performance. Yeah. Like, she, I don't think she was really even doing any other shows or anything. She was literally rehearsing for, like, eight months or whatever just for that specific performance I thought was impressive um I liked it I will say I think it was too long I'm not entirely sure is if it's her entire set from Coachella it felt like it um like every every song she did um I didn't think that there was enough behind the scenes I was kind of hoping for more of the rehearsal as opposed to the actual show. Cause I, I think I saw a trailer and that's kind of how I, the vibe I got from it. I was more excited about that. And honestly, my favorite parts of the documentary were watching her rehearse or her talking about her struggles and like basically like after pregnancy, like going back to, you know, like I thought that was very interesting and you kind of don't get a lot of that for me as a, I guess, that's kind of what I was hoping for more out of this, and I didn't get that. I got a really great and mm-hmm. I'm not mad about that, uh, but I wish they would have been separate from each other. Like, maybe they, they showed two episodes. One was the entire concert, and then one was, you know, just all the training that went into it. Mm-hmm. I guess I just wanted more training, you know, more rehearsing, more of that side of it than anything. Maybe even a 50-50. I mean, if I were directing the documentary, what I would have done is like, okay... Every song in the set, like either start with the rehearsal and then cut to the actual concert, yeah. or like starting the concert in the middle of it, cut to the rehearsal and see how it's like being put together, and then go back to the concert. Yeah, like I don't know, maybe something like that, um, like mirroring the two almost. Yeah, con- that, that would have been really that cool. Pretty cool. Um, they- I mean, stylistically, the other kind of interesting thing they do, but I don't. Hey, how would you do okay. that? So stylistically, like the other thing that they do is like some of the footage seems to be shot on film, like on Super 8. Yeah. Uh, so they cut to that repeatedly. Uh, but I mean, I've seen that before, I want to say, like in music videos and stuff like that. Like there wasn't anything specifically groundbreaking filmmaking wise, I thought. Uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And I was going to say, like, honestly, her sets kind of... Like, music-wise, her music... Like, her songs are pretty samey from one to another. It's like, oh, I grind. I'm my own boss. I'm representing Texas. Like, I don't know. Like, all of her songs you are kind of... You shut your mouth, sir. She's a queen. I guess. And and also the dance yeah. moves. Like, I don't know. They're all same. Like... Well, like they're pretty... kind of doing that on purpose, though. In or- so, like... Not necessarily. I'm not defending the music part. But like the the dance, the dance movements are supposed to keep it coherent to the entire thing. So like the way that they move or whatever, you know, it's like it's kind of supposed to make you not not like you're like seeing a different style or something at the end of a different sure. song. You know, it's I don't like, know. I'm more of a you know Michael Jackson. Like each song has like very specific okay. moves and like Prince did that. Or, like, I feel like overall. This is not something I think that you were sure. ever set no, out. No, it was to, not like, meant for truly, me. Yeah, so that's the yeah. thing. It was meant for the what do you call the Beyonce fan base? Beehive. The Beehive. Yeah. So me not being a part think, of the Beehive, like 
I could appreciate it, I guess, but it's yeah. I w- it was never meant for me. I think they are the Beehive is gonna have a field day with this. Like it's oh yeah, I think this is no. They probably watch this every made. other day. Yeah, yeah. tailor made for them. Um, it, it was super interesting, like trying to put myself in there. Like I I don't know if I'm if I'm a fan of anybody at the same level that they are. You know, mm-hmm. for her. Yeah, and I I think I would just be. I, if I if that was the one thing that I I was a huge fan of and I was just watching, I'd probably just be enjoying it nonstop the entire way through, you know, like and I mean I, I wanna say I think for me though, kinda going a little bit more into the negative side, I think it's too long. Yeah, um, it is very long. I've I was actively looking at my clock and like pausing it and seeing how much time I had left. When I hit halfway I was so convinced that I was almost done. Yeah, me too. I was so convinced. And I, and then I finally realized I was halfway. I was like, oh, God. Like, it's not that what I was watching wasn't entertaining or, like, the, the spectacle. It's not that it wasn't there for me. It was just, like, I'm not, like, watching a concert from home is kind of boring, you know? Like, and I've seen, I've bought, like, CDs before. They had DVDs. Uh-huh. Like, way back when I used to buy CDs. And, it, like, it had, like, a live performance along with the CD. Like, a live, uh, like, the, you buy, like, a, a CD for that concert, essentially. I don't know if you've ever done that before. No. It's, it's pretty cool, actually. I you mean, can... I've rewatched, uh, like, some Queen live concerts, like, a lot of the time. Some, like, yeah. those are the kind of concerts that I enjoy. I think I can, uh, I, I like concerts when I'm watching them, but it's just, I didn't expect to watch like a full two hour movie basically that was like 75% concert. I, I didn't want, mm-hmm. cause I, I really think it was her entire set. And that's the thing that's like freaking me out. Cause I was like, wow, we, we really saw the whole thing. And personally, as somebody watching on Netflix, I don't think I needed it. Like, I, I think I would have preferred more. I, I like going back to like the intimacy thing. I liked her her voiceover part because it's 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 her telling us about her. I don't know anything about Beyonce really, you know. No, she that seems was pretty like, telling. The reason why I thought it was so interesting is because she seems like untouchable, you know. Like mm-hmm. she's so high up. I I I don't even know what to do. Like I, she seems so like um not like what's like not unreachable or like you know she's no, just. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just like I wouldn't even dare like if she was in front of me in public or something i wouldn't even dare to like ask her a question or anything. I, w- I would just like i'm too nervous to even say anything to her and the reason why we got or like when we got that and i was so excited was because it's like this is her talking to me you know like not directly you know but like yeah, yeah. but it's just like, i felt more of a connection to her than i ever had um i want to say something she she looked incredible oh yeah through the entire thing yeah. like everyone everyone's outfits costumes i don't know what you call them like for that but like everyone was just on point she was just killing it i mm-hmm. i like personally um i liked her more with the yellow um than the pink one yeah so yeah. there's one thing the show which we're debating on but i i think uh there's a thing they do me. where they they cut between these two areas where her dancers or her entire stage is like her people or dancers everyone on stage is wearing pink or yellow um I think they're two different weekends because when she's pink, Beyonce has like a like a ponytail almost, and when she's wearing a yellow shirt and everyone else is wearing yellow, her hair is just free. But they do it so smoothly, and this is a testament to how good the choreography is. Uh-huh. Is that 
it's literally like the same every time. Mm-hmm. So they could just seamlessly intercut between the choreography from two different days or weekends. Like I don't, it was honestly really impressive, but super jarring because the first time you see it, it's very subtle. Like I, I was like. Did the lighting change or something? Or like I thought it was something? all like a lighting trick. Like maybe the the, the fabric of the hoodies just change yeah. depending on what kind of light hits them. But I mean, now that you mentioned the hair stuff, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I think you're right. It's, pretty, it's probably pretty wild, two though, different dude. performances. I couldn't imagine. I, I'm wondering if one thing they didn't do was they didn't cut back and forth whenever Jay-Z came out. <laughs> so I'm wondering if he only came out for one weekend. Mm. Um, probably. Which I would have, but I'm wondering if he came out. I don't know if they could even cut whenever Destiny's Child came back, because maybe one weekend she had Jay Z and one weekend she that had Destiny's sense. Child. Yeah, that makes sense. But that would that'd be crazy. Either way, um, I thought the performance was good. But it, if I'm judging it as like a documentary, I don't even know what to call it. Really, it, it was kind of long. Um, kind of wasn't what I was looking for. It has parts of it though. It's the thing. It's like it's not what I'm looking for in a concert like recording yeah and it's not what i'm looking for in a documentary either like even though like the documentary aspect of the rehearsals where it's just saying it was not enough so you know like this is not gonna win you over if you're not a diehard beyonce fan i think it made me more curious to want to see her live though because i feel like for her style of concert i thought was something i would love but um i do completely agree that it wasn't necessarily what i was looking for in either of them um because i I don't know part of the allure i think of coachella is like not seeing Mm. or like like hearing about it like word of mouth and so when you finally see something like that you're like oh wow that was great but like you know now i know you know so the mystery is gone a little bit um i I guess that's kind of why i was wanting less of it and more because just like you can see the almost, you know, like you see like the, the rehearsal and you're like, this is what it will be. You're like, this is what it was. And I, I, I'm getting glimpses of what it will be, you know, maybe they'll give you like, they'll cap off with like one number, like, or their best dance. Like maybe Beyonce was like, this is the hardest choreography, like the most intense thing. And you finally see the whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Like, that'd be great. I think, yeah, I feel like they're, they have the footage for, or like they have stuff. So like they could go back and like, basically make a new version basically. or like or add a new cut like just beyonce homecoming rehearsal or something like that you know like i would watch that that seemed pretty dope i don't know yeah i would say yeah my recommendation would be mainly diehard beyonce fans but they've already seen it they probably already seen it but you know i think anyone else if you're interested in beyonce like i was i mean i would definitely recommend checking I mean, you it can out. watch the first 20 minutes and it's like this is really good and if yeah. you're still interested, you could keep on watching. But other than that, like you're probably gonna drag off by the 30, 40 minute mark if this yeah. is not for you. It's two hours, fourteen, long. twenty minutes, something like that. Oh my god, I don't even remember. It's long. Let's put it like that. It's so you can watch Infinity War during that you, time. You could watch. Yeah, pretty much. Moving on to our I watch you watch section. Uh, last week I had you watch for me Amazon Prime's yeah. uh, Childish Gambino's Wabba Island and I watched um, TNT I looked it up TNT mm. um, TNT's original show I Am the Night starring Chris Pine directed by Patty Jenkins oh 
So they worked again with each other. Yeah, from, that's uh, really interesting. Wonder Woman. Uh, I think they're going to work together. Oh, they're already working together for Wonder Woman 1984. Is that the title yeah. of the sequel? Yep. yep. Interesting. Okay, so I'll start with Wava Island. So this is like a TV special. It's 55 minutes long. Um, real quick. I liked it. I like Childish Gambino and his music. Uh, like I haven't seen all of Atlanta, but what I've seen, I liked. It's pretty and good. actually, the director of most Atlanta episodes, director of most Childish Gambino music videos, uh, directed this. And actually, he has a really strong directorial voice. I want to say, like, he's flexible, but he's also has like his own kind of style. I enjoyed it. Like, he knows how to make a shot work and color theory i mean that's probably comes down to like a lot of production design people but yeah really nice colors all around but for those who don't know wava island is set in the you know fictional wava island it's supposed to be like in the caribbean i want to say uh and it was a island made by the gods supposed to be free from war hmm. and peace as well i mean that was confusing there was an intro narration uh, but uh, eventually, man found the island, and they basically the island's greatest asset was the silkworm. So they start making fabric through the silkworm, and it becomes kind of a just a workshop place, kind of. But it's still kind of free. It seems to be under the regiment of this man called Red, mm. who like he runs all the business basically. But our main protagonist, Denny, played by Donald Glover, and Coffee, what's her name, uh, played by Rihanna, they have a romance going on ever since they were children. Uh, basically, in the opening narration, the Rihanna character tells us that she overheard a boy playing guitar by her window, and she's like, oh, that's a great song, you should practice hard. So it could be even greater. And he's like, every night I'm going to come to your balcony and play you a song until I write a song that's as beautiful as you. Mm. And so like, Smooth. that's how... So basically, and this narration is all through animation. And Okay, this is weird. The film opens with an opening credit sequence that's animated. And then it moves into an opening narration that's also animated. And then, and, and that's all full screen. And then when we get to the actual live action stuff, it goes, it almost seems like it was shot in film, but it's in the 16 by 9 aspect ratio. No, wait, no, not the 16 by 9. What's it called? 4 by 3? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a tiny square yeah. in the center of your screen. Uh, and so that's weird because the animated parts were full screen. Uh, but what I liked is like a lot of time in romance movies, because you see the meet cute, you don't actually buy the romance a lot of time. But here, because they tell you that they fell in love, like when they were children mm -hmm. so many years ago, you buy their relationship. And actually, the performances are really nice. Oh, how, like I, I yeah. didn't think Rihanna would like be a good actress, but like she's good. Honestly, yeah, yeah. she like, was my favorite part of Ocean's Eight. <laughs> yeah, I never saw that. I think Shuri, like the the actress that plays Shuri, is in the movie, but yeah, I yeah. didn't confirm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. okay. She's also there. She's really likable. Really great performances. And well, you also see musical performances of like songs of uh, Childish Gambino's latest album. And what I was telling you earlier is kind of like 
like you know the this is america music video like one of the most popular music videos of recent history uh you get to see an alternate music video for that song and that's pretty cool i thought uh, an alternate version of well no uh, there's just a tiny snippet of feels like summer and it's not okay. a music video it's just like a montage you know uh but it was interesting and yeah. honestly this movie it felt a lot like a disney movie aladdin specifically because uh donald glover's character was very much like aladdin and rihanna's character was also kind of like jasmine even though they were in, like the daughter of the sultan or whatever yeah uh they were just really likable. Like that's why it reminded the, me of the classic Disney movies until it wasn't. You know, yeah. It, uh, it's kind of gets dark, but it's still kind of a it doesn't have that fairy tale. But it like I don't know. It has this quality that's really nice, like a like a bedtime story, kind of. Wow. Like, like it moves along fast enough. Fifty minutes, fifty five minutes, kind of. Uh, but like there's something like the pacing doesn't feel rushed per se it just feels like someone's telling you a story like verbally yeah you know so it's pretty nice okay. uh, i recommend it like if you like childish gambino you, you you're gonna like this or if you like atlanta which probably means you also like childish gambino you yeah know? yeah uh but even Two then if you don't like those uh i think this is worth checking out regardless because okay some good filmmaking I'm very excited, and basic—it's st- a basic story. Well, that's kind of what makes it work. The fact that's not maybe the opening narration is a little convoluted because they introduce magic and gods into the world, but like yeah. that doesn't actually affect the live action stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll check it out. I mean, I'm actually—I seems like I got like if I got if I can watch an episode of Game of Thrones, I can watch this. I just <laughs> have an hour to kill, you know. Um, I guess I can move on to. I am the knight, um, starring Chris Pine as the lead. It's not really his story, though. Not yet, anyways. Um, basically, I don't know if you're familiar with the Black Dahlia murder in the '50s or '60s or something like that in Hollywood. Uh, I, I want to say yes. It's, but it's pretty not fa- fresh like in the my name mind. is very famous. Uh, basically, it was just like a gruesome murder of this girl, um, nicknamed the Black Dahlia forget her name but basically the show isn't about that yet the show is about um this like okay so this girl named fauna hodel um who is the granddaughter of this thing george hodel who is this doctor um and i don't know if you know if you know anything about the black dahlia in general um this guy was supposed to be this suspected murderer of the black dahlia and um Basically, like, we're kind of getting to that point in the show by episode two where, like, things are seeming weird with this guy. Like, the show is about the the granddaughter discovering that she has them. Chris Pine is had a case against him. Like, he was a reporter who brought out evidence and tried to take him down prior, like a decade prior, basically. And so there, there's, like, two separate storylines going on at the same time. And they're now, by episode two, almost meeting each other. Oh. They were so close. They didn't get they didn't get to it. So episode three, I'm assuming uh, Fauna Hodel and Chris Pine. I don't even know his name in the show. Chris Pine meet. Um, 
that's basically the the gist of episode one and two. You know, it's a murder mystery, I guess. Not really. I don't know. Um, did I like it? Not really. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, wow. it's pretty. It's pretty okay. I mean, there's nothing exceptional about it. I think the acting is good. Um, that's probably the best thing, actually, the is acting. the acting. The acting's okay. pretty strong. The costumes are, you know, believable for the time. Um, decent production value all around. I think the directing is pretty solid, too. Like, I don't think... There's nothing bad about the directing. There's nothing... Um, there's actually a really cool opening shot. Um, and it's, like, this long sort of, like drone shot that like flies directly it's like it's not meant to look like a drone shot but it's like a steady shot from like a desert area flying directly into somebody's like the girl's uh, like fauna her name isn't fauna in the beginning i forget what it is but like it's her house and it like goes and it, like does the thing where it, like pans through a window or whatever you know like the cool stuff but it it's pretty well done i said that's probably the coolest shot and it's the very first shot oh. um there's nothing again. There's nothing like good or bad really about the show. Uh, I would say the one thing that does annoy me is act outs or like commercial breaks. Oh, okay. They're bad in the show. That's the one bad thing. What sense? They just end and like it, it's super abrupt, and you're like, and then they just go to they go to black, and you're like, oh, that was weird. Like it'll be like somebody like hanging up a phone and like leaving, but like you don't even see like their reaction or anything or it's just like they'll just be gone it's they're super abrupt like act ending so i felt like if i was watching the show uh which i'm watching it on hulu if i was watching on, on ad free hulu if i was watching it with regular hulu with ads or on tv or whatever i would kind of get annoyed mm-hmm. how just like you, you get the feeling that at any moment things could just cut to black and go to commercial which is kind of annoying um yeah that that was the biggest gripe i had with the show and that's kind of nitpicking but it, it was kind of annoying like even watching it without commercials i was just like oh there really like and then when you come back it doesn't pick up from where you left off it's like it'll go to chris pine or something so i would say like another thing i, I feel like sometimes they spend too much time on one character as opposed to like specifically in the, in the first episode um i think they spent a lot more time on the girl than chris pine chris pine actually doesn't get even introduced i think until like 20 minutes in mm-hmm. um i don't know i feel like they needed to balance that a little bit better but it's not it's not terribly like it's the whole show is fine you know it's like i might keep watching because i'm mildly curious about the story like and how it's dramatized mm-hmm. but i would really only recommend this to people who are interested in the black dahlia murder um people who like chris pine or patty jenkins i mean they're both great like chris pine's you know He's pretty solid. Patty Jenkins doing a solid job too, you know. She didn't write it, so <laughs> it's not her fault. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess if you're interested in either of those two and you like the Black Dahlia murder, check it out. Other than that, it's basically all I got for that. So I guess we can move on to what we're watching next week. Okay, so next week. We're both going to watch the Netflix Interactive, I want to say. I think it's Interactive. Yes. You versus... The World. Wild. Wild. There you go. Bear Grylls. Man versus Wild. It's like Bear Grylls 
I don't even know how it's worked. I didn't even know it was interactive until you told me. Yeah, it's like a little video game icon oh. on, um, on. Oh yeah, you're Netflix. right. It's super weird. That's interesting. Um, but okay, that's what we we're both we're both playing, watching that. I guess one time, it's one time. So we only get one chance, and we're gonna discuss what our experiences were like in comparison. Yep. Hopefully, they're pretty different. Oh yeah. And I'm gonna have you watch. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson, also on Netflix. You should leave with Tim Robinson. Okay. And I'm going to have you also watch another Netflix show. Um, what, the, what was the name of it? It's Special. The, special. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Special. Nice. We actually know a friend who's an extra. Oh, if you've seen our show. Infinity War oh, yeah. review. And if you've seen the back of his head in uh, you know, Special, you might recognize him. Oh. But yeah. Well, I guess we'll catch y'all later. Uh, please catch us. On Facebook, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Other than that, catch y'all later. Bye.